0: yeah yeah Yeah. soon as my feet touch the floor today one mission hustle and motivate nobody's gonna say welcome today i'm david skidmore and this is episode eight of leader growth with david skidmore this podcast is committed to helping you overcome challenges and experience transformation i know leadership can often feel difficult complex and overwhelming. At Leader Growth, we are committed to helping people and organizations overcome challenges and experience transformation. And I want to say a big thank you to those of you who have left a review on this podcast. If you haven't yet, would you take a moment to leave a review on the podcast today? And if you would like to download the show notes to follow along with today's episode, you can find them at leadergrowth.us/podcast. One of the greatest challenges many leaders face is building habits in their own life. I sat down with seven-year expert in health and fitness Kayla Fazio to talk about how to build habits you love. Kayla has a passion for helping women achieve ultimate health physically and mentally. She is an online holistic coach for women, co-host of a successful podcast, It Doesn't End Here, which highlights the psychology behind narcissistic, toxic relationships and just recently launched her own podcast habits you love to share her story of her own trauma and self healing journey. Her mission is to inspire women everywhere that they aren't alone in their trauma that they can break free of toxic environments, become confident in their bodies and create the life they truly desire. Check out her website at HabitsYouLove.com. You can follow her on social media at Kayla Fazio and at It Doesn't End Here. Well, I'm excited to share with you today this conversation, how to build habits you love with my friend Kayla Fazio. But first, the song Hustle from our friend JB. My hustle is a piece that's on everything. All right. Well, Kayla Fazio, welcome to the leader growth podcast. It's great to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about purposeful habits. We're going to talk about impact on life. Uh, and from the beginning, you know, before we get into the habit conversation, Mm -hmm. I want to understand a little bit more, uh, you know, about the Kayla Fazio story Mm -hmm. and how that's led you to Mm -hmm. the importance of purposeful habits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like I've gone through a lot of life in my twenties. I'm now thirty two, but I lived Welcome a lot to of your thirties. Yes, I actually love the thirties.
0: Yeah, best God, decade so far.
1: So glad I'm here. And but I'm born and raised in Oklahoma City. And in 2015, I got laid off from my corporate job in oil and gas. I was already really into my health and fitness habits, Mm -hmm. uh, and I accidentally started a business and a personal brand in 2015. did that for about two years here until I just found that there was really no more opportunity in Oklahoma City as far as where I wanted to go in the fitness Mm -hmm. space. So I took a leap, I took a risk, and I moved to San Diego, California. I had some really cool opportunity there um, for a little bit. Um, went through a little bit of emotional stuff for a couple Mm -hmm. of years out there where I really worked on myself and we'll get more into that. But now, um, left California in 2020 after the pandemic and everything. And a lot of life has happened in between then, but I'm still in the health and fitness space. I'm now living in Denver. I do a lot of online coaching, personal training, fitness modeling. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And so, you know, when, when we talk about, uh, making progress in our lives. When we talk about making an impact, I think one of the big challenges that a lot of people face is not how do I do it once, but how do I do this consistently? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with, within the overall framework of your life, when do you remember that habits became important for you?
1: Oh gosh. After I started my self healing journey. Okay. Um, I went through some trauma in my 20s and then I when I started going to therapy and she really made me sit down and start journaling, start meditating, mm-hmm. which I had never done before. And it took me some time to get into those habits because they were something that I've never done before. I was really good at going to the gym and mm-hmm. I was really good at eating healthy. But when it came to actually the mental habits, the mental health work, it was I had a lot of resistance going into that. Um but once I started doing that and I started putting all those habits together, the mental and the physical, that's when my life really changed. Mm.
0: And you went through, I mean, you went through some really traumatic things. Yeah. Like that's not just We we talk about trauma pretty frequently in culture today. uh, And I think a a lot of people can identify with it. You know, some people are going to be saying uh, the past few years have been, Mm -hmm. they felt pretty traumatized. But Mm -hmm. you went through uh, some things in your journey that uh, can really destabilize and sometimes Mm -hmm. keep somebody from moving forward
1: in life. Definitely. I I love that mental health and this stuff is becoming more mainstream. Yes. Because when I was going through it or... Yeah, it really wasn't a topic of conversation you wanted to have. Hmm. It was very shameful. You felt a lot of guilt and you didn't want to admit that you needed help. And I love that now. It's like kind of cool to ask for help. (laughs) It's like cool to go to therapy now,
0: which I love.
1: So it's the best, most important work I think anyone can do on themselves.
0: Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Tell me more.
1: It's just just life changing when you know yourself and when you unlearn certain behaviors or patterns that you may not know you had, you just operate from a totally different space. I mean, I used to be so unaware of my feelings and emotions. I Mm. didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what emotions were taking over my body when they were happening. So my go-to like, and I learned these and childhood you know when you go to therapy you unlearn things from your childhood and so when i would get into like a couple of examples so growing up my parents didn't encourage me or us to share our feelings talk about our emotions Mm -hmm. and whenever they wanted to have a conversation and sit down it was because i was getting in trouble that's the only time yeah. they wanted to talk, like, Hey, look, we need to, we need to talk. Let's go to another room and like have a conversation. But I was like always getting in trouble. So that played out into my adulthood. Whenever anyone wanted to have a conversation with me, I was like nervous. I would break down. Right. I would cry. I would get really defensive. And so I just took that as like, I'm in trouble. Um, and so then when I started to learn that in my relationships, like I couldn't have a conversation in my relationships because I felt like it was bad to talk, which
0: can feel really daunting.
1: Yeah, exactly. So just stuff like that, where you learn about yourself. So Mm -hmm. you know how to operate your relationships, your day, your jobs, your, you know, everything. So it, it just, yeah, changed my life.
0: In the leadership space every day at work, people are showing up and sometimes, you know, their direct report is looking at them, asking them questions, and they're not actually accusing them of anything, but what they're, what they're hearing is their mom or their dad, mm-hmm. And a lifetime of not feeling good mm-hmm. enough or whatever it may be. Right. And so sometimes people are freaking out in the workplace yeah. and they're right. not really sure why they're getting hijacked by their emotions exactly. because they've never really learned how to process. Them.
1: Exactly. Emotional hijacking. Exactly what it is.
0: So in your journey, you start moving towards this, uh, self-discovery yeah, and in that habit becomes really important to you. Right.
1: That process is, it's not easy. It's very hard, which I think is why a lot of people don't even start. They don't even try. They don't even like want to face it because there is honestly, when you're unpacking a lot of stuff, you actually get darker and deeper and mm. you, it actually gets harder before it gets better. Oh, so when I was going through that, I mean, yeah, a lot of unpacking. Um, my therapist pretty much told me you have a voice inside of you. You have a light inside of you, but there's been so many layers. And veils put over your light and your voice that you don't even know what it is. You don't even know your voice. And so my journey was like finding my voice again. Mm. Um, But it, yeah, it was just, it got way harder before it got easier. Um, But a, a lot of the resistance, like I said, with incorporating those habits, like she wanted me to meditate every day and I would come back every week. She'd be like like okay well i did like one five minute meditation this week and then she wanted me to journal every day Mm. so it but then once i started doing it it was like i can't never not do this again like it I can't, I know. This is now an important part is of my life. now the most important part of my life. Okay. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about that because, you know, there, there's some different habit research out there. And one of the things is, you know, on a mm. keystone habit, and this is the thing that kind of unlocks all the other habits. Like oh. if I do this thing, uh, I know Craig Rochelle, uh, a lot of people in the leadership community are listening to, uh, to him and and he talks about the importance of, of flossing. You oh, know, and if he does yeah. flossing, everything else happens. So that. for, for you, have you discovered like, this is my keystone habit? it journaling okay yeah so if you're journaling everything else
1: yeah i even said it this morning on my on my story i posted a picture and it was like my brain can't operate until it's cleared out mm-hmm. so journaling for me is like there's a huge tornado of a mess going on in my brain but when i write it out it just like seems to all clear out and i can go about my day that's the first thing i do i i do a, a lot of gratitude um mm-hmm. but then also just my thoughts and feelings for the day like how am i what am I feeling when I wake up? And then I write that down and it just seems to like clear out my head. And then I feel so clear minded. So that's my number one thing I do in the morning.
0: Do you remember the last time that you didn't journal?
1: Mm. The beginning of 20, I wouldn't actually, I would say the middle of 2019.
0: So like in between middle of 2019 and now like no skips
1: no skips.
0: Okay. So, and, and
1: even multiple times a day, like my journal now, I started mm-hmm. it a month ago and I probably have already filled up 60, 75 pages. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think like having, having a place, you know, what? what's cool about journaling and, and I'm, I, I talk frequently about how journaling is important for me. I don't write it. Uh, I do my journaling in Evernote, but it is a space where I'm actually able to Put the words out and get the thoughts that are happening on the inside because sometimes when i wake up i feel like i have a storm happening in a, yep. inside of me and yep. the only way that i'm going to be able to uh, really bring my best self to this day mm-hmm. uh, is if i incorporate that habit so
1: right. and uh, it really just grounds me and centers me i'm one of the big things i'm bad at that i have to work on consciously is being present in the moment mm-hmm. So my therapist gave me a couple of tricks and tools to do. She said, you know, one of them is you, if you are feeling like you're not there, you know how if you're driving and you're driving and you're like, wait, how did I just get to my destination? I don't even yes. re- remember driving. So sometimes when I'm driving, um, one of the tricks I do is you say you pick an object and you say the color. So you'd be like green tree gray car, red car, you know, and you just, that's one of the tricks I do. Even like throughout the day, I have to do that too. When I feel myself physically there, but not mentally there, I come back and like, that's the one trick that I do that centers me and gets me in the present moment.
0: So you see something and then you spotlight that and you actually call out what you see. Right.
1: Exactly. Cause I just, you, know, you have to, if you're seeing it, you're there seeing it. It grounds you, know?
0: you back into right. reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're in the fitness industry. Uh, we've already talked about that a little bit. One of the things that you do is, is you coach people towards their success and your clients get success. Mm-hmm. This is a, not everybody's clients in the fitness industry actually thrive. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at the things that make somebody successful, in the gym, or just these are my healthy habits. What are the things that you're having to coach people on?
1: I really transitioned since doing the work on myself. I actually can pinpoint the emotional block they have when it comes to their health. Used to be like, why can't you follow a meal plan? Why can't you go? Why can't you get to the gym? Now I'm like, what happened to you? Has anything happened to you in the past where this has been an issue? And I've had women say like when i was younger weight was always their how like their worth their self-worth like their Mm -hmm. parents were always like on them about their weight yes or someone made a comment one time about their weight and it you know they held on to that so i really take it a little bit deeper and i do ask them a little bit more emotional questions about Mm -hmm. why don't you think you deserve to look the way you want because it has to be, you know, that's their block, is they don't think they deserve to look like that, or else they would look like that. If you really wanted something, I feel like you would have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I do that now, but I think a lot of the approach that I take is very, we take everything day by day. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going to set a macro goal. Like you want to lose 30 pounds. Great. But we're going to break it down into micro goals and you need to live in the micro goals. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be like, did you wake up and are you 30 pounds less yet? Okay. milk, Start tomorrow. It's like, okay, what three things can we do this week, this month that will obviously be stepping stones to that 30 pounds? Like we mm-hmm. need to drink more water, move your body more, And let's try to lose three pounds, you know, in two weeks. And that will get you closer to your goals where we're not going to live in the overwhelming, overarching. Macro goal and wake up. And when you're not there, you're going to be disappointed every single day. But when you, a month goes by and I have them set three to five goals, and I go back after a month, I say, okay, we're going to rate yourself on how you did with these three to five small goals. They look at them and they see that they have achieved all of them and, like, wow, I didn't even know I was achieving them because they're small. Mm -hmm. But now those are out of the way. What three to five more can I set now? And they have more motivation, more momentum going into those.
0: So you really practice going small on goals. Mm -hmm. See, I think that that's huge. Going small is huge. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) oxymoron. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to uh, James Clear talking about this. And, you know, he he said, if you go in and get a burger today, burger and fries, or you eat a salad at lunch, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you probably won't look different.
1: Right, exactly. But if
0: you do that every day for the next 30 days, Yeah, It will look different. If you do that every day day for the next five years, it's going to be very different, right? right? So a lot of times we say, well, this feels good now. Okay. So people get hijacked by their emotions, Mm -hmm. by the feel-good payoffs. Mm -hmm. How do you help people when they get derailed from their
1: goals? One of the things like you had just kind of said, I always tell my clients some sort of fashion, I say a little by little a little becomes a lot little by little a little becomes a lot
0: little by little a little, little becomes, becomes a lot.
1: lot so that could be good or bad like you yes. just said if you do a bad habit little by little that bad habit's going to become a lot same thing for a good habit so whenever you know so say a, per, a client does really great all week and then they yeah they have a splurge weekend i just say we're going to give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. We're going to not be your, beat yourself up about the past because you can't do that yes. in any form or fashion with anything. So uh, we we just move on and we just, honestly, I just tell them like we just have to move on, like just have to forget about it. And we take little necessary steps, you know, little materialistic things that we could do. Um, drink, drink water, you know, do an extra cardio, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just try to be like, you're not, you didn't mess it all up. You didn't mess it all up.
0: Yeah. Cause people can get into mental ruts with that. Right. You know, I messed it up. I'm never going to change. We get into all or nothing thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was writing unstuck, I had this daily routine and it was interesting cause it was during COVID at the very beginning of it. Right. And mm-hmm. so everybody's staying at home. We're working mm-hmm. from home and I just started every day. I was like, okay, I have to drink water. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the most important thing I could do as a writer was to drink water. That
1: was your keystone habit. That was my
0: keystone habit. And if I drink water, I did everything else in the day, mm-hmm. but I wasn't trying to write a book in a day. I was trying to do something small. Exactly. Like, can I just move the needle this far today? Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at uh, keystone habits, when we're looking at, you know, how, how we make change happen, Let's talk about the idea of habit stacking, mm-hmm. because sometimes I go, man, like I do want to change. And if you're like me, I'm I'm very ambitious.
1: I'm very I, ambitious and impatient. Yes. So <laughs> I
0: want transformation and I want it now. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same. So how do I begin to think about habit stacking in a healthy way?
1: Yeah. I mean, habit stacking is essentially you do start one habit. You kind of get that mm-hmm. down and then obviously you keep adding on to that. I really like habit trackers. I don't know if you've ever done a habit tracker. I
0: haven't done a habit tracker.
1: So essentially you just, I've done it where you write 10 habits down that you want to start in, implementing. And then you have a whole month worth of checked boxes. So every day you check whether or not you did that habit. And then after a month you can see, well, I did really good with this habit because I did it almost a hundred percent, but I was really lacking on this habit. They only did like five days. Okay. So then you, you can kind of see that you like where your habits are. Um, and obviously, you've had that one really good one. And then you're like, oh, I need to work on this one more. So then that becomes your main focus. And then you, every month, you keep tracking your habits. Um, I always go back to okay, everyone has to eat food, everyone has to drink water or whatever. So it's like the habits are like, are you going to eat healthy food? Or are you going to eat bad food? It's like, you have to do it either way. Mm. So why are you not just choosing that healthier version? I guess.
0: Um, yeah. It's what option am I going to choose right. in my journey? Because some of these things are going to happen regardless.
1: Right. I, I tell people every decision you're about to make, is it going to help you or is it going to hinder you? Is it going to progress you forward, or is it going to set you back farther? So everything you eat—if you're wanting to skip the gym, if you're not wanting to drink water, if you're not wanting to journal—is this going to hinder you, or is it going to progress you forward? And so if it's going to, this that one little decision. If you can, or questions you can ask yourself, and then over time, like I said, little by little, a little becomes a lot, and you've eventually you're just like—I feel like. uh, uh, Unhealthy people look at a healthy person and they think that that's just like, that's just how they are. You know, Mm. that's just how they live. But they can live like that too. Like people look at me and they're like, I don't know how you do it. It's like, I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not doing anything Mm. special. I don't have a secret that I'm withholding from anyone. I'm just choosing every single day to do this for myself. And this is just my identity. It's just how I live. Anyone can live like that.
0: So one of the things I think is important on this is we're talking about the idea of purposeful habits. You're also very purposeful with your self-talk. And so I want to talk about that because I think a lot of people want to have the big change happen, but what do I say to myself on the days when I don't want to make the change? Mm,
1: This is actually something I'm in the midst of being better about.
0: You know, I like this. Everybody listen in on this part. (laughs) The reason why is a lot of times we just want to go finish product. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we like our stories to be, I'm transformed. I'm changed. Let me
1: tell you how. Yes. But Mm -hmm.
0: this is actually, this is happening in the moment.
1: Yeah. I have a lot of, negative thoughts i have a lot of attacking thoughts Mm -hmm. and i've really had to like i have sticky notes all over my mirrors i have so many things everywhere so i can look at them and i have to say them out loud a lot of the things i have to i'm working on right now is like the belief in myself the belief in or the that i'm deserving of like Mm -hmm. what i want because i set these goals but like immediately my mind's like you can't have that Immediately, And I'm like, nope. And I have to say that thought is not true. It's a mm-hmm. lie. Um, so I'm actually like in the midst of that process right now where I do have so much self-talk, but it's, it's because I have to do it. I, yeah. I could go down a rabbit hole of negative thoughts and let it ruin my days. And I have had some days like that recently where I'm just like... I can't get out of it. And I just Mm -hmm. have a day where I'm like, I break down or cry all day. But yeah. So, I mean, I do, I listen to a lot of um, Mm self-affirmation podcasts where it's, you just repeat it and they're amazing. And that helps me a lot. (laughs) Um, And then, like I said, just constantly nourishing my mind with uplifting things i'm never listening to trashy music i don't even Mm -hmm. have a tv i don't fill my mind with anything negative um it's Mm -hmm. all positive even though it's such a new thing for me because i've never done that so i feel like again like with my self-healing journey it's kind of it has to get darker before it gets better Mm -hmm. so that's kind of i'm kind of in the dark mode right now but also i know that that happened for a reason a lot of times
0: we spend our lives moving away from pain. Mm-hmm. And yet it's when we step into the pain mm-hmm. that often we find our purpose. Mm-hmm. Often we find our passion. You know, we've talked about this, that you cannot um, selectively numb your emotions. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. you, if you numb the bad, you're also going to numb joy. Mm-hmm. And as you talk about that, I just think of the power of what you're saying. You know, you're talking about I don't allow negativity. Mm -hmm. I don't allow a television. Mm -hmm. I don't listen to trashy music. I am purposeful in how I go about these things. And I am building, I am purposely building something because here's the thing on habits. We're not just building habits so that we can say, I have good habits. I have habits that are supporting the life that I want to create. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So when you look big picture, um, do you like life plan? Do you set it through like quarterly goals? Do you, you know, what what does that process look like for Kayla?
1: Right now, I, I talked about macro goals and micro goals. I have a macro end of the year goals list, but then every month I do micro goals that support hmm. that. So I kind of, I break it down. Like I said, I, if I wake up and I don't have that thing at the end of the year yeah. that I want, I'm like, well, I'm failing, you hmm. know? But if I look at my monthly goals and I hit almost all of them like okay now I build upon that and I can't yeah. just do that every single month.
0: Yeah.
1: And and obviously, you know, I have big vision goals like we were just talking about. And that might not happen in a year. But everything I do is in alignment with those. I don't let my energy go outside the alignment of what I want.
0: Hmm.
1: Like I, you know, moving to a different state, I was like how I need to make money somehow. And I was like, I could easily go get a job where I knew I could make money, but I know it's not going to be in alignment with what I'm doing. And so I choose, even if it means sacrificing, I choose to stay in alignment with what I'm doing.
0: So we've talked about a few different things with habit, but one of the questions that people are always going to be asking is how long does it take to create a habit? And there are a lot of different answers out there. So help us understand what this process looks like.
1: Okay. My answer to how many days... It takes to create a habit is forever. (laughs) (laughs) They say 21 days, 33 days, 60 60 days, whatever. But if you think about it, 21 days goes by and you create that habit. That habit is not permanently imprinted in your brain. A habit is something you have to choose to do every single day. If I just said, oh, I went to the gym for 30 days and now it's not now, now it's just It's still constant, constant, conscious work to go to the gym. So a habit is forever. It's not, it's just something you have to practice every single day.
0: It's interesting you're saying that because sometimes when we think about habit, we think about it as just something that I don't have to think about anymore. But you're saying even after we build our habits, even if we have natural pathways towards that and our brain thinks, oh, it's 730 AM, my natural move is towards the gym, Mm -hmm. You still have to do the work. Exactly. The habit doesn't do the work for you, Right. but does the habit simplify the process?
1: It does get easier. It okay. gets easier once you practice it over and over and over. If you, have ne- if you haven't worked out in five years, then you go to the gym day one, that's going to be hard. Day two is going to be hard. Day 30 is going to be a little bit easier. Day 300, a lot easier, but it's still a conscious choice that you have to make for mm-hmm. yourself. So everyone's like, how long will it take me to get to th-? like, okay. So if someone wants to lose 30 pounds, how long will it take me to be 150 pounds? Okay. Well, you can get there, but are you going to stay 150 pounds?
0: So you're talking about the difference between, you know, currently I'm in a fitness competition. Mm-hmm. I can't help myself. I get into these competitions. My friend Jacob Weaver, <laughs> uh, he and I are currently going at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it's, it's a six month. Mm-hmm. So are you saying, because a lot of times people jump in for the 21 day or the three month or whatever it is, are you saying that there's a difference for us to approach our lives and our habits from a lifestyle habit versus a temporary achievement habit?
1: I think so. Yeah. If you want to embody a healthy person and you want to have all the benefits of a healthy person, you want to have good energy, better sleep like the way you look in the mirror, that's a lifestyle. If you're like, I'm doing a goal to see what my body can do this one time, like I've done a fitness competition. I can never live like that for the rest Mm. of my life. It's fasted cardio every day. It's meal prepping. I was eating food cold. It was weighing my food, measuring my food, lifting, like could not stray off that plan, but I did it and I achieved it, but I couldn't live like that's not a lifestyle that I could sustain. But I will say, I am so glad that I did that fitness competition because it showed me what my body could do. So that's Mm. my constant motivation. And I feel like when people have never been at their absolute peak or their best, they don't have that extra little motivation that they know that they've done it before. And so they don't think they could get there because like, well, I've never been like that, but you can be like that.
0: So sometimes it is a good thing so that you can know what it's like to stand on top of that. Exactly. Some people are saying I'm not on track. And in fact, like the things that I said this year was going to be about couldn't be further from my current Mm -hmm. reality. What do we do to get back on track with our goals, with our habits?
1: First thing I like to do or inspire other people to do is you sit down and you ask yourself, what is the cost of me not doing this? Mm. What is the cost? What is the cost if I do not live up to this? If I don't follow this dream, if I don't make this goal, like what do you lose? And that's kind of a scary thing to ask yourself. Like what is what is the cost of not having this?
0: So it's not just anticipating and setting the vision of what could be. It's also realizing what would happen on the other side.
1: Right. So I think that gets everyone's, like, gear. Like, okay, like yeah. weight loss goals, health goals, whatever. What's the cost of not losing that 100 pounds you need to lose? Disease, you know not living as long with your kids, not seeing your grandkids, you know, that really puts things in perspective for people. So what is the cost? Then you kind of have to think about what happens if you fail. So you mm-hmm. lay it all out. What's the worst case scenario and what happens if that comes true? So that kind of goes along with cost. Um, so what happens if you, if it, you kind of, you have to put that in perspective too, you, you could fail. Mm-hmm. Um, And then from there, it depends on your goals. It depends on your goals. But I know for me, this is what I have laid out. And then I ask myself, what if people judge you? What happens? So Mm -hmm. you take a deep dive into the darkness of the illusions that you have that people, you know, they might judge you. They might talk about you. Are you going to be able to handle that? Set yourself up for that criticism mm-hmm. and make sure you're able to handle it. And then the fun part, the strategy. So then that's setting those goals, like having that mm. clear vision. You have to have a clear vision. You can't just have a broad, basic vision you're like, oh, I want this. Well, what is this? What does it look like? And then, like I said, live in the, ma- the micro goals once you set that micro goal. Mm.
0: So that begins on this journey. I have to look at not just what would it cost me to make this change, but also what is it costing me if I don't. To stay the same mm-hmm. all the way to the process of micro goals. Mm-hmm. And once I'm there, then I can start making a plan for going right. forwards. And, and, and in fact, like I'm already making a
1: plan. Right. And I know this for me. I, like I said, I'm not a patient person and I get ahead of myself i worry about the future but i i just have to say like what can i do today what can i all i have is the next hour like Mm. that's all i can control i get so ahead of myself and i start worrying about things that i I cannot control i have to bring myself back down do my colors do my objects and then i'm like what can i do today like that's all you can do
0: and if i focus in on that Mm -hmm. then i can begin to make the changes that I want. And that's, that's really where we want to wrap up today. Because if you step in, if you press into what you have in front of you now, mm-hmm. you can start working towards what's next. Mm-hmm. You can begin to have that impact. And so I think that this lines up exactly with where we want to be leader growth. The journey isn't uh, happening overnight, but it is definitely looking at where I am, where I want to be and taking those steps forward. So Kayla Fazio, yes. thanks for dropping Thank in today. You. Thanks for making time for us and pouring into the leader growth community.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That wraps up today's conversation with Kayla Fazio on how to build habits you love. Kayla is a brilliant mind and resilient leader. As you take your leader growth step, remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. As always, you can find the show notes for today's podcast online at leadergrowth.us forward slash podcast i would be honored if you would share this podcast and the resources with your team your friends and your family you can find me on social media at i'm david skidmore i look forward to seeing you here next week for a very purposeful conversation with a fantastic leader until then love hard live full and lead strong me every day never front like I'm ballin I got moves to make better with success I got dues to pay all good things they come to those who wait yeah what i left behind from trying to be great ain't no secret to success if you ain't working if you ain't down to hustle then you don't deserve it if it came easy probably go fast cuz anything easy probably won't last, won't last.
1: hustle be talent.